Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about body image and personal transformation. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Stephanie Luares. Stephanie is a certified personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, speaker, international best-selling author, and owner of Heart and Soul Fitness and Wellness. You can reach Stephanie at her website, heartandsoulfit.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Stephanie. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. I'm so excited to be here. You are special and amazing for a lot of different reasons. And one thing, when we're talking about the idea of fitness and nutrition and working with a personal trainer, for a lot of people, that idea is very intimidating because they think, man, I'm going to be working with somebody who has never struggled with fitness or nutrition or weight loss in their life and they might like judge me and it makes me scared to go in and, and even try. And this is where you have a distinct advantage because your personal story and you have lost over 200 pounds. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. Okay. So we would love to hear your story and how you did that. Well, I'm a person that has been overweight my entire life. I was put on my first diet at five years old. So when I say I've been on every diet, I've been on every diet. I've gained and lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds in my life. And so I came to a point where I was done. I, I knew that diets were not the answer. And this is statistically proven. Like there are studies that show that intentional weight loss does not last for the long term. And, but I like life looked pretty good. I had the wonderful husband. I had the great vocation. Life looked good, but I was unhappy. Mm. And it showed in my relationships. It showed in how I treated others and treated myself. And I knew something had to change. And in my mind, it was, well, life would be perfect if I looked a certain way. But if I looked a certain way, that meant I had to go on a diet. Well, diets were off the table. So I had to figure this out somehow. Now I'm really goal-oriented person. So I'm, I looked around and I'm like, okay, well, let, let's just do something. And the first thing I did was started by drinking water. And it, it wasn't like, let's go out and buy this giant like gallon jug and do these crazy water challenges. It was a six ounce cup of water and one of those obnoxious kitchen timers. And every time the kitchen timer went off, I'd have to go to the water cooler and fill up my little six ounce glass and repeat that over and over through the day. Then the next habit was cooking at home. Didn't matter what I was cooking at home, but instead of going to the drive-through twice a day to feed myself and my husband, it was cook at home. Then starting to change the things we were cooking and just to experiment, get, get exciting in the kitchen. Through that process, my body was just naturally starting to feel better, let go of a little weight. 
And I felt like, okay, maybe I'm ready for a little movement. Now, being in a body 200 pounds heavier, I was pretty close to losing my mobility. And so in my mind, the only thing possible to do was walk. So I walked to the end of the street and back. And I thought I was going to die. Like, but it then became walk to the end of the street and back, then around the corner, around the neighborhood and further and further building things up. And from there, I'm, I'm out walking one day. I get the idea. I wonder if I can run. Now, I'm, again, the girl that fakes sick in gym class. So the idea of running is this boring concept <laughs> to me. But I run to this stop sign maybe 50 yards down the street, not very far. And it's, again, this I want to die feeling. But something in me lit up. And it totally changed my experience of movement. And I went home and being this super nerd goal person, like I have to figure out this fat girl running thing because there's something to it. And so what was that, you know, 50 yard, I'm going to die run turned into 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons jumping over into triathlon and now I'm you know training for Ironman distance races. So in this process of changing my eating habits, becoming active, really building on all of these physical habits, I'm also looking at my emotional and mental health. And what needs to be cleaned up there? Because we can't change one area of our life without looking at the rest. We are a whole person. We are, we have that physical part. We have an emotional part. We have that spiritual part of ourselves. And so it was, okay, what in my emotional and mental health needs to be cleaned up? I struggle with depression and anxiety. I have PTSD. It, how am I coping with life? I have all these tools, but do I use them? I don't. And how can I use them in a way that serves me and serves me positively? And so it was bringing in support and accountability and almost learning how to be an adult in a very different way, which is hard in your 40s. And then that spiritual life, you know, I talked about, I had, you know, the great life. Well, I, I was a pastor. It's really hard to admit to yourself that your spiritual life is stagnant, that you're doing enough just to get by, to serve everyone else, to teach the Bible studies, to preach on Sundays. But you're not growing personally. You're not growing your own personal spiritual life. And so taking the time to really work on that and focus on that. And so it's not just the physical changes that are happening. It's that motivation in all areas that when one area is changing, all those other areas grow at the same time 
to really foster that that holistic change. And you are talking about a holistic change. You're yes. changing all the aspects of physical and mental and emotional and spiritual and the social because you talked about your relationships. And I absolutely love that this whole process started with drinking six ounces of water. Yes. And they talk about how a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Mm -hmm. And how wonderful that you picked up a glass and drank six ounces of water, which isn't even a cup. It's just a little right. bit. And so how wonderful. And I'm just imagining as I'm hearing your story that if I'm in a situation where I feel overwhelmed and there is no way I can do this and someone's going to ask me to overhaul my entire life, that when you put it in this little step by step um, kind of, a, a, of an approach, then if you just say, overhaul your life, I'm going to go, oh, I can't do anything. But if you say, set a timer and drink six ounces of water, I think, well, I, I can do that. And I think the idea of getting someone to start is a big part of the problem. So how beautiful and amazing and congratulations for your success and how beautiful that you are now paying it forward and being able to use your unique skill set and your unique experiences that can reach people that, like I said, other trainers are not going to be able to help. That is really cool. Absolutely. And it's, it's a very different place when you walk into a gym and get overwhelmed by the equipment and the noise or the number of people or the just the amount of different opportunities that are available. Um, and I get asked so often, whether it's the people I see virtually or the people I see in person, they're like, would you ever move into a commercial space? Because I, I have a residential gym. Um, I'm, I'm a licensed residential business. I have a private gym and a private office in my home, separate from our living spaces. And I, I honestly don't, don't ever see that happening because I've consciously cultivated the space that yes, it, it is a gym in the sense that there, there is equipment and it, it's a safe environment to work out. But it's it. You don't have the music. You don't have the lights. You don't have the mirrors. But it's it's that place that still feels like home. And so you have that marrying of the two that it still feels safe. It's a place you can be vulnerable, but you're getting out of your comfort zone and being able to take those steps to reach your goals, whatever they look like. That is really a beautiful extra step to be able to say, are you comfortable here? Because I think that that's a big part of it is that intimidation factor. And when you are listing parts of the intimidation factors of a gym, the, the equipment, the sounds, the crowds, and I think part of it is also the size and shape of the people who go to the gym a lot. 
And so for some people, it's like, I don't want to be compared to someone who spends two hours at the gym every day. I'm just getting started. Can I just go to a place where I can move forward without feeling judged, without feeling, you know, like there's expectations that are, are, are unreasonable. So right. that's And the reality nice. is not everyone that walks into a gym has a goal of weight loss. Ooh. They, they could be there because they want to build their strength. They want to build their flexibility. They want to build their balance. They just want to have that burst of energy and get the endorphins. There are a lot of reasons that we move our body completely independent of the scale. And I like that. And I know that you do what you call weight neutral. Yeah. So I'm, I think I know what that means, but will you explain it and make sure that I've got it right? Yeah. So I work with clients from a weight neutral perspective in that you might walk into my office and say, or, or my zoom screen and say, I want to lose X number of pounds. And that that's great. I am never going to discount someone's desire to lose weight. But there's a reason why somebody has said, I want to lose weight, whether it's they're seeking a specific health outcome. Maybe they want to control their blood pressure, their cholesterol, their blood glucose numbers, or they've, they've said, I want my clothes to fit better. I want to feel better in my body. Well, we start asking a few more specific questions. Well, what, what does I want to feel better look like? What is it? What does it feel like? Start getting a little bit deeper because then we start to get into things like I want to keep up with my kids or my grandkids. I want to get up independently if I fall down. And that's not just a concern. From people of a certain age, I hear that from just about every age demographic. And things like, I, I've heard things like, I just want to make it through Disneyland. I want to have the stamina to just enjoy a day at Disneyland. And so when we start hearing very specific things from people, we identify actionable steps. like nutrition, like balance, stability, strength, flexibility, cardiovascular endurance, all of these different areas where we can work specifically on changing those outcomes in then really breaking it down to those really small steps of drinking the water, of changing out foods, of looking at what you're eating. Once we start to achieve all of those different outcomes, whether or not the scale has changed, you are going to have that transformation. You are going to feel the difference. You likely are going to even have experienced a body composition change. Your, the tag in your clothing may have changed. 
the number on the scale might or might not have changed, but you are completely satisfied. So we really separate your goals from the number on the scale. Because there is very little that the number on the scale tells us. It's one of many things that we can look at to measure success. That is so important on so many levels. And I think that increases the chance of success mm-hmm. in feeling successful and also achieving long-term success. Because you Absolutely. mentioned at the beginning, the scale, we can go up and down. It, it mm-hmm. happens. It happens. And also, of course, you're aware that muscle weighs more than fat. So as you are changing your body composition, you might actually see the scale going up a little bit if you're working on your fitness level. And and if you're doing only by the scale, you think, ah, I got to stop instead of continuing that progress and that improvement. Yeah, and, and bodies change over time. You know, we, we are these miraculous creations that, you know, depending on, on what we eat, depending on if we're getting enough sleep, the stressors that we have in life, the hormones and how they're balanced. If, you know, going through menopause, our weight will fluctuate. There are very few people who maintain a very small window of being the same weight. And so it's, it's really more accurate. It's really more attainable and long-term to focus on things like, what are the health outcomes that I want to achieve? What, what is sustainable? Maybe it is things like eliminating some of that visceral fat, that fat around the middle of the body where it, it's around some of those vital organs that can affect us later in life. You know, things like that, that has a greater impact. Isn't that wonderful? What a beautiful thing. And I think most people but not all, but are, are in this process of what we would typically call losing weight, although we're not talking specifically scale. But the reasons behind it are either um, health or confidence. And so if we work on the health and the confidence, sometimes the other things just naturally fall into place. And I love the idea that we can be confident in whatever situation we're in. And you talk about body positivity. So can we kind of go there? I love the idea. You mentioned it in part of your story that you're thinking, you know, I will be happy when I'm a certain size or I'm a certain shape or I'm a certain weight or I'm a certain. And I think that's a common, a common idea, but I think it's a misconception because I don't think happiness actually comes from the outside in. I think it comes from the inside out and we have to start somewhere with learning how to love ourselves. I think a lot of people think, I will love my body when it looks like this, instead of saying, I love my body and maybe I can look like that. Does that make sense? It does. And I think even before we get to this place of body positivity, of self-love, we have to start with this place of neutrality and of awareness. And for me, 
and, and I always have to use myself as an example because this was for me one of the biggest stumbling blocks in the journey because I had so much hatred towards myself that I didn't realize how much it spilled over into everything else. I I felt like I had that boundary wall set up really well that I could pour all of this vitriol onto myself, but it didn't it didn't affect anything else. I I, I say things like you know, the things that I would say to myself about myself, I would never say to anyone else, but it, it really does have that impact. And the hard thing is, we can only love others, we can only care for others to the capacity that we care and love ourselves. And so until we can accept what is, care for what is, we're not going to be able to to fully be present, to fully be engaged in everything else around us. I may have been handling what was going on around me really well, but I wasn't fully engaged. And so this coming to this place of neutrality, first accepting what was, understanding what was, and then almost relearning who I was and understanding that just because I don't have the picture-perfect body, that I don't have the, the media mind. Like if when I reach this point, then everything is going to be okay. Everything still is okay. You, and, you know, the, the one thing I always talk about is that I always had in my mind that when, when I reached this, this pinnacle point in weight loss that, you know, we always think, well, the world's just going to fall into place. We're going to love ourselves. And, you know, like everything in life will, will be wonderful. But it, it took me a long time to reconcile that that's not the case. You know, for me, I am smaller than I have ever been. I'm smaller now than I was in middle school. Yet, I could have never pictured the body that I have. You know, I, while I have sagging skin, I, you know, there, there are, you know, just parts of my body that are saggy and just not that picture you put in your mind. But at the same time, I'm strong, I'm capable, I'm active. I, I do incredible things that I would have never imagined possible. And so it's reconciling the two that, no, I don't have the airbrushed media body, but wow, I am this amazing person. And 
so getting to this place of this is who I am right now is walking that journey and being very present with it and almost not so much, you know, being this um, like cheerleader for ourselves with body positivity and, you know, rah, rah, but just almost that I am and with, with no, with no adjectives. We don't, we don't need to justify ourselves because who we are is enough. We are worthy exactly as we are right now, regardless of anything. And that's a lesson that we all, somewhere along the line, have to start to bring ourselves around to. That is so true. And that is far more important than any of the other things that we could maybe even benefit from is to recognize I am and I am enough. That is a really big deal. And I loved as you're explaining this, this neutrality, I'm imagining in my mind, uh, like a, a dial switching from body hatred and trying to turn it to, to loving ourselves and and in between that is definitely going to be that neutral zone. And I like that. It goes along with your other idea of let's start with a glass of water. Rather than giving someone an unrealistic expectation of, okay, just all of a sudden decide that you are fabulous, marvelous, wonderful, and you love what you see in the mirror and whatever, when, when something like that might feel like a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to it, it's hard to hear when you feel like something is a lie. But if yes. we can at least turn the dial toward that neutrality and mm-hmm. turn that dial and work toward I am and yes. I am enough. That is absolutely beautiful. Wow. Well, thank you so much for visiting with me today. Thank you for accomplishing what you did. It has not only benefited you, Stephanie, but it is benefiting all the people that you work with and all the people who are listening and watching you. Thanks. Thank you. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Louise Hay. She said, You have been criticizing yourself for years, and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Today, I invite you to be kind to yourself and to love your own body, whatever size or shape it's in. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.